Welcome to Illumination by Modern Campus, the leading podcast focused on transformation and change in the higher education space. On today's episode, we speak with Asim Ali, who is Executive Director of Teaching and Learning Innovation at Auburn University. Asim and podcast host Amir Alawalia discuss the need for an entrepreneurial approach to higher ed and the responsibility leaders have to be aware of the transformation around them. Awesome. Uh, we're at the UPSIA conference. Welcome to the Illumination podcast. It's great to hang out with you, man. It's great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity, man. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out. And, you know, this is, we, we tend to bump into each other every 12 months or so at this yeah. exact conference. Right. What is it that makes this conference really jump out at you? Why, why do you man, enjoy coming back this is my people. I, when I started in online education about a decade ago, my first conference was the Summit for Online Learning out in San Antonio. And it was just, yeah. I just felt like at home right away. And I think about it a lot, actually, because, you know, this year we have the largest conference in the history. It's about 1,100 folks here. And I think what it is is just the style of our working, you know, the the approach that we take. The folks are working on some of the most interesting uh, projects and ideas in the most interesting way. Mm -hmm. And all of that just comes together. And just by nature, we tend to be very collaborative in terms of sharing what we're learning with each other. And it's just it's great, man. I I keep in touch with the folks that I meet here all year round. It's just so fantastic. You know what? I, it kind of it strikes me. I was thinking about that because I remember the Upsia conference in 2019. I think was Seattle, and it was 800 people, and it was the biggest one ever. Um, and and it's just consistently grown and grown and grown and grown. And it makes sense. You know, we're starting to see continuing and professional education at sort of the forefront of what universities are trying to do. We're seeing this work becoming more and more common and important, and figuring out where we are. And and this is the gathering spot for those individuals. What's exciting and I guess concerning at the same time is that I feel like we need to find ways to start getting out of our silo when we're talking about these topics because I still feel like at many institutions, the concept of micro-credentialing seems like something that has to be built from scratch. The right. concept of sure. innovative innovative program modeling or flexible scheduling or sort of student centricity as a concept yeah. is something that feels like it needs to be built from scratch and the reality is that you know, most of most, it, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast and, and you feel like those questions are true to you, that these are brand new things, I guarantee you on your campus, someone is doing that work right now and it's in the continuing ed unit. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and I think, it, and it's probably in the continuing ed unit because the units originally started, and you know, with us, we're not continuing ed, we're Auburn online yeah. largely, but you know, this whole idea started because we needed, uh, we recognized a need for an entrepreneurial approach to mm-hmm. how we're reaching uh, learners who perhaps weren't a part of the regular, you know, marketing efforts and, and yeah. programming and things like that. And, you know, as our as our access mission from being a land-grant institution, that was such an important concept for us, uh, and it continues to be. And, and I think those ideas find a home in continuing ed and, and online units yeah. because we're, we're tooled, we're built for reaching those who typically aren't being reached and uh, and you know when we think about these innovative ideas the emerging technologies and and emerging concepts and ideas not just necessarily technology but even you know how do we approach certain uh, decision making uh, those tend to find a home in in, in units like ours because yeah. those are the kinds of that's how we're tooled that's how we've been designed and it's a really interesting opportunity also because if we think outwardly, right, like mm. it helps us reach more learners. It helps us reach more people. Yep. But then if we look internally uh, to our institutions, it lets us be that conduit for our faculty. Like, hey, who's going to help me make sense out of what's happening on yes. this 
hey, now we're actually able to same, take those same principles that we know about, about reaching learners who are, you know, otherwise very busy working their daily yeah. lives, which let's just be honest, it's like faculty at R1 less, institutions yeah. are, <laughs> you know, and, and so now we're able to say, hey, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going yeah. on. You got families and things like that. Here's self-paced, self-directed, asynchronous learning that you can take advantage of for your own kinds of resource and you know things like that I, I think it, it I think it makes sense for us because it comes naturally to us mm -hmm. uh, that's how we've been tooled absolutely and so it's actually prepare for the seamless transition <laughs> um, because you know I think one of the things when, whenever we're talking about these topics we talk about higher education as a millennia old industry and in when we think about it in context a lot of these ideas that we're talking about here are kind of have been in the, coming into the mainstream for maybe 20 years or so. And I guess you would consider that maybe a, a new arrival in, in the context of so much history. So sure. I'm curious, as, as you think about the concept of trends, like why do you think it's important for, for leaders, especially in this space, to be aware of sort of the trends and the transformations that are shaping the industry around us? Yeah, I think it's really important for us to, to have a pulse on what those trends are, simply because uh, we have a responsibility to our communities and those that yeah. we're serving um, to make sure that we're serving them in in the things that are going to be relevant for them, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and it's our and that's that's our responsibility. That's who we are. That's what we need to be doing. Uh, if we aren't that, then we cease to be you know relevant. Yep. Quite frankly, and uh, and that's not a good idea. You know, that's yeah, not a good not approach. Great. <laughs> it's not great for a for a competitive approach. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, plus it keeps you connected with the community. You know, yep. you're, it shows that you are aware of. And, you know, there's regional differences when it comes to these kinds of things. There's certainly some macro trends, but there's certainly, uh, you know, regional ups and downs and shifts and things like that that are happening. And so it, it's a conduit to building those relationships that are so vital for just uh, the survival of institutions or just the making sure that institutions are serving mm -hmm. the communities that they're in. So when it comes to the idea of, like, trends, mm -hmm. um, how do you start to differentiate a trend that's going to stick against one that's more of a flash in the pan? Like, how, what, yeah. what's your rubric for determining whether something's really worth diving yeah, into? Yeah, there's no way to really know, right? Because yeah. I got to use the QR code as an example. <laughs> like, what a comeback we story. We thought that I was mean, a terrible idea <laughs> for a good while there. I mean, it was like, it was so complicated to create them. And then, you know, like, people, yeah, they like, until Apple like said, sure, you can just use the camera app to read the QR. I yeah. mean, those things like that were missing. Well, do you want to know what? And sorry, just for the yeah, context yeah. of our listeners here, yeah. Uh, where Asim and I are currently seated, I would say we're surrounded by one, two, three, four, five, six, so about many. nine <laughs> separate QR somebody. codes, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> all for different things. Right. But it's it's incredible, right? Because yeah. you're right. It, well, in that instance, the idea was a good idea that the technology hadn't really caught up Timing, to yet. Sorry, yeah. I, was, I interrupted. Yeah, you. no. I mean, so if yeah. we look at any of those trends, right? Like the, the iPod wasn't the first MP3 player. Yeah. It was just the better design and on time. So I think there are, it's hard to say what's going to be the trend that sticks, certainly. A few things that I look at, I always, uh, for especially when it comes to ed tech, for example, I'll look at who the, uh, where the private equity money is coming from, mm -hmm. especially now with like, you know, the interest rates going up. I think people are going to be a little bit more selective about what kinds of ideas they're investing in. Hey, people who are investing millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars into what idea is going to work. They're doing their homework. I've yeah. been a part of those conversations before with some of the uh, PE firms. 
And what I pick up is the way they do their homework is just really impressive. We can't replicate that. And so I do like seeing, okay, what are the kinds of things that they're investing in? I keep in, you know, keep in touch with those kinds of areas. Uh, so that's one way to, to that's, and that's a piece of information. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, I'll share with you, I have this, uh, I picked up on this, I think it was at, um, uh, I, I, it was South by Southwest a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Temple Granlin was a speaker. I think she talked about this, either it was her or one of the other speakers talked about this idea of jelly beans. And how, if you think about all these different ideas and trends around you as jelly beans, you know, and Jelly Belly would say something like, oh, if you take two strawberry jelly bellies and combine it with the vanilla, it tastes like cheesecake or whatever. And so that's really what trends are is, you know, Hmm. their ideas. And eventually the true evolution of those is how they merge with other trends and what's happening to create the new thing. And, And so... You also want to take a look at the origin of where those ideas are coming from. Right? Well, how did we end up with artificial yeah, yeah, yeah. intelligence? Well, we ended up with artificial intelligence. It's been around for decades. Mm-hmm. I took a class in it in my undergrad two decades, yep. uh, 20 years ago. But, you know, if we look at the trends of, in terms of machine learning and the capabilities of just chips that are in our devices and, and you, know, mach- you know, and just natural language processing, all these other yep. things that have led to this point. Yep. And so, you, you know, does that have sta- staying power as mm-hmm. well or is it just like a whim that just came about? Yeah. Um, so I think those kinds of things help. Uh, of course, there's no way to know for sure. So keeping up with yeah. those trends and reading about them and seeing who's adopting and who's experimenting with them has a lot to, to be a part of it. You know what kind of, it blows me away is one of the topics that we've that's come up over and over again on our publication over the past sort of year or so is around, you know, is online learning a trend or is it a flash in the pan? Is the the transition from being, you know, faculty centric to student centric, is it is it are these all things that came about because of the pandemic or are these things that were long standing ideas? And it's kind of it's fascinating thinking about this conference again, actually, in the context of there, there's eleven hundred people here. Right. We went from a stage of all this work kind of happening in the, in the periphery, happening in the shadows to being work that's happening at the center of the institution. Right. And it happened kind of because of this moment. Mm-hmm. These were all good ideas over a long right. period of time, but they didn't have the circumstance hit at the right point. And that's kind of what you're yeah. framing out here. When you think about the difference between trends and flashes in the pan, it's, you know, do yeah, you have good, that moment? Yeah, that's a really good point, too. And the other thing to notice is we're, we're at institutions that are in the knowledge business, right? Yeah. We are knowledge centers, and so we value knowledge. We value expertise because that's what we're, essentially, that's what we're trying to you know, sell is a, is a crude way to say it, sure. But I mean, that's essentially what we're trying to build in our learners, right? Yeah. And so, uh, so as those trends became more noticeable, then the next question becomes, well, okay, on my campus, who's got the expertise? Who's got the knowledge yeah. on this? And guess what? You've got somebody <laughs> yeah. on your campus. Right? We might need to find a sign or something. <laughs> <laughs> so when you think about the, the, the trends that, that you think have staying power sure. right now, what are you keeping an eye on? What should we be yeah. watching? Well, I've definitely been uh, tracking AI. Artificial intelligence, I think, is is the real deal. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. uh, anybody who uses it, uh, even in a very you know simplistic way, will immediately recognize some advantage here. I use it in the class that I teach with my business students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I see a lot of just their insights in terms of how they perceive it being a part of their professional careers. There's lots of conversations happening on our campus, campuses around it. Uh, you know, it checks out the other things, right? It's a, it's the result of a lot of longstanding growth and development and trends, and it's the result of a lot of investment and from a lot of different people. It's the, uh, you know, and so, so it's got, it checks those kinds of boxes. Yeah. But, you know, when you use it, 
it kind of just makes sense, you know? Yeah, in it terms feels of natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and what it is right now is going to be drastically different than what it looks like. You know, there's going to be, there's so many improvements and, and advances happening. So I do, I do think that uh, we do need to just take particular time and effort. At Auburn, what we've done is developed a course called uh, Teaching with AI at Auburn. Okay. And it's a curated content about, you know, eight, a really eight, good idea. eight or so modules. And yeah. we, we've actually, uh, we're, we're talking with making, licensing it to other institutions as well. Yeah. But essentially the idea was, okay, well, first of all, it lets us serve our faculty and, and professionals on our campus yeah. who are directly affected by this trend. So let's curate the kinds of question, content that we have and the, and the resources that'll help them ans answer these questions that we've got around, not just integrity, but how can I partner with my students to use this or yeah, yeah, yeah. to not use it in some cases? How, how do I you know, redesign my courses to be ready for this type of uh, approach that recognizes that the world is going to have this as a, as a uh, have yeah. this technology as part of it. So, uh, so that's worked out really well. The second aspect of it is, you know what? It, it's being built by the same Auburn Online team that we've tooled together. It's incredibly talented. I've got right. incredible people in the in, in the unit that work with us, and so now we're actually able to serve a course to our own folks, and they're seeing the the best of that work in in the in in context, right? They're saying, "Oh, this is an interestingly well designed course," right? Yeah. And so, how do I do this with my classes? And that, that's, that's another added Really create some experience. Yeah, that's, yeah. So let's look at the other side then. What what's a flash in the pan? What do we need to watch out? Yeah, for? you know, again, I mean, we got to be a little cautious because it's, it's it could be a flash in the pan as we know it today. Yeah, yeah. and maybe there's some, it's just waiting on some advancement. It could need its moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I'll I'll share with you uh, a little nuance here. Now, we sometimes we lose nuance when we talk about these things, so I, I'll beg for your interest in terms of ma maintaining the nuance here. <laughs> so, if we, uh, I also co-lead the uh, the um, immersive learning experiences project at Auburn. So we've got you know augmented reality and virtual reality projects and. And what's worked really well are projects where we're taking important concepts in classes or learning experiences and replicating those uh, and redesigning and, and building those uh, concepts in an immersive environment. That's had a really oh, good cool. staying power, right? So like in yeah. terms of stereochemistry, there's concepts of how you know mo molecules are, are uh, connect and things like that and transformations of those and you know in culinary sciences for example surf safe training we right. built out as a completely a virtual immersive environment i think that is i think that's got potential but now the flash in the pan part right is if we look are we uh, do i think that there's going to be like this idea that we live in a meta world right i think that's the flash now here's the interesting thing to me right is if we think about who the investors are there who's the biggest player the biggest player is meta or facebook yeah. right and what the business of Facebook has been is how to get us addicted to the novel, right? Yes. Essentially, their entire model for how they have users in all of the platforms, mm -hmm. you know, Instagram or whatever it may be, is here's the novel served to you on an endless cycle, which we know has questions in terms of psychological, uh, you know, just ethics, I guess, around that. And, yep. you know, and those questions have come up in terms of recent whistleblower stuff and things like that. 
So I think AI, as we currently think about it, being like this meta world is not staying power. I think it is flash in the pan type of a thing. Certainly in the education field, you know, the idea that we're going to meet in a meta world instead of meeting in person. <laughs> sure, it might yeah. work and feel novel a couple of class yeah. meetings, but by the fourth or fifth class meeting, it's just going to be like, oh, i got to go to class well, again in the meta world. I feel like we've tried it. Like we tried Second Life. We tried sure. there were so many attempts. Yeah. At doing and this. I think yeah. the, I think the caution that I would have for us is, well, if there's this much money for Meta at stake and they've shown themselves to be ethically questionable in terms of the psychological question, yeah. we know that it is possible to build a Meta world that people want to be in because if it serves us that continuous novelty, mm. then people will want to be in it. So I hope we don't have a Meta world that makes those same kinds of ethical right. questionable decisions in order because there's such a desperation to build something that has that staying power. That's fascinating. So uh, uh, that's my concern is that yeah. if if you if we meet five years from now and say, oh, well, it looks like I was wrong and we do have an AI world with a lot of staying power, then my concern is that we would have sacrificed a lot in terms of what we want in, in society to get yeah, to yeah, that yeah. point. I mean, there's layers that we could probably yeah, yeah. dive into on that. <laughs> sure. And I, I have to Excellent respect the point fact to end. That, well, I, you know, we have to respect the yeah, fact yeah, that no, you've got a session to moderate oh, in under okay. 15 minutes. Um, I mean, just, yeah, determining who who sets the judgment for what what those right. boundaries need to be. How do you enforce? We're right. not we're not going to get into that, though. Sure. But Maybe it's, next it's a time. really yeah. interesting point. So let me ask a much, I guess, a, a closer okay. on a much lighter note. Sure. If someone's going to dinner in your hometown, oh, where do they man. need to go? I don't know if you know this, but Southern Living did a special on the city of Auburn and just the incredible food scene that exists. I encourage folks to Google that up because, uh, or chat GPT it up, I guess. <laughs> that's what's the thing right now, too. But, uh, but I got to tell you, man, we've got some incredible restaurants. Um, we've got two that I want to mention if it's okay. Yeah. So one is uh, if you're looking for just a, a, you know, a classy dinner out, Lucy's. It's run by my friend uh, Lisa Vanderyden. She does a great job with it. Just the vision there of like you know what that feels like is awesome. And the second one is I want to give a shout out to my friend Whitley. He's got this bow place. Oh, it's called Irritable Bow, <laughs> and they do. And then right now they're doing a March Madness collaborations with other restaurants. And I mean I'll just oh, he's a master marketer. Fun. He's so good, and the food is amazing. And he's got a. It was a beautiful family, and it's just so good. So, just we get that small town feel, and we've got some incredible restaurants yeah. in the area. So, you could come by for like five days and have amazing meals all five days. Well, I mean, that's a pretty good ad for the city of Auburn. Yeah, awesome. It's and I'll give a, you a tour of campus. Uh, added I mean, on. genuinely on board. <laughs> yeah, come on by. We've got some beautiful new buildings. We've really reimagined how we build and invest in academic learning spaces. Um, I've got massage chairs in our unit. I don't oh, know if that helps. Hell yes. <laughs> Are you allowed to say hell on a podcast? Well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> awesome, man. It's been a hey, pleasure. Man, Thanks absolutely. so much for your Thanks time. Thanks so much for having me. All right, man. This is great. This podcast is made possible by a partnership between Modern Campus and The Evolution. The Modern Campus engagement platform powers solutions for non-traditional student management, web content management, catalog and curriculum management, student engagement and development, conversational text messaging, career pathways, and campus maps and virtual tours. The result? Innovative institutions can create learner-to-earner lifecycle that engages modern learners for life, while providing modern administrators with the tools needed to streamline workflows and drive high efficiency. To learn more and to find out how to modernize your campus, visit moderncampus.com. That's moderncampus.com.